Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki, and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to our phenomenal robotics and AI community. Today, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into tech diversity. My guest is Deirdre Diamante. Deirdre combines her deep understanding of government, extensive procurement expertise, and a passion for industry development to help create business opportunities for Victorian, national, and multinational organizations. And she is the founder of MIA Consultancy. She is the co-founder of Tech Diversity. Tech Diversity Foundation is an industry alliance committed to amplifying diversity awareness and achieving a culture of inclusion through conversation, collaboration, and action among committed tech diversity community. Deirdre, welcome, and thanks so very much for joining me today. Thank you, Nikki. We've uh, we've had a little bit of a, um, a chewing and frying, so I'm absolutely delighted to see you here. Um, this is, of course, a very uh, important topic, very close to my heart, tech diversity. So I'm really, really happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay, so my journey, uh, I, I won't go too far back, but um, in university, I actually studied geology so I did a science degree I majored in geology and I loved geology but um, it can be quite a tough gig for any young person starting out because you have to do a few years of field work some of my friends ended up on oil rigs or out in the desert or what have you so after a very very short stint in geology I realized I wasn't really well qualified to do anything else so I sat the public service exam uh, 15 years later, I finished my public service career and it was all in and around buying technology and supporting industry in developing skills to support technology. I then started uh, my business, MIA Consulting Services, in 2010. And I did it because I had had my second child and... I think, I think the industry has changed a lot since then, Nikki, but in 2010, as a mother with two children, um, still working full-time, I was treated differently. It was really interesting. You know, you're on this path for progression and all of a sudden people look at you a little bit differently. And for me, it's really important to feel fulfilled in what I do. I want to feel like I'm achieving for me, but also giving back. So I thought, oh, well, I'm going to set up a business. I can work hard. I'm just going to really do something for me and then manage the time around my children. Um, in and amongst all of that, I'd only ever been a public servant and here I am setting up a business. I didn't know anyone in business and they were my clients. So I joined industry associations and my advice to anyone setting up a business, you know, network, build connections. And I'm actually quite a shy person a lot of people don't believe me but I am and so it was difficult but it was so valuable so I joined this technology industry association um, my business was consulting to technology businesses on how to win government work and through that association I joined their council and this is what actually led me to tech diversity because I heard the same comments over and over and over again we don't have the skills. We don't have the skills. Um, so I'll sort of just leave that there for the moment. 
but through my business, through the Technology Industry Association, I've been able to do some really cool things. I've been able to join the board of a digital, a digital firm. I've been able to join the board of a community bank. I've actually even joined local government um, as a councillor. But all of that has been from the networks and from having a business. So I feel very lucky in what that's developed for me. Just touching a little bit on networks, you know, um, I've had this conversation with other um, uh, of my uh, female guests, and I don't think we're particularly good in this area. Have you got any, have you got any, just a couple of tips that you can go, you know, I think reaching out to someone and I think it's, it's perceived as blowing your own trumpet and women mm. just, we've just got an aversion to doing this. I think it's because um, people perceive us to be, you know, we, we too big for our boots or, you know, we bossy or, you know, all these adjectives that you go, no, like you wouldn't ever talk to a guy like that, but this is a typical female mm. thing. It's so interesting, Nikki. I often walk around the city in my business and I see a lot of gentlemen hanging out, having coffees and catching up and not a lot of women. And I do wonder whether, you know, women cram a lot into their days. And, and I, I do find that my time for coffeeing is less because, you know, there's just so many things that you've got to get done, including like this morning, I had to still put the washing out before it rained. So, you know, there's a lot of things we've got to get done, but I do think networking can be intimidating because sadly still, particularly in the tech sector, There'll be 100 people there and 12 or 15 will be females. Mm -hmm. And well, it is intimidating. I had to always put myself out there and always second guessing how am I being perceived. But um, part of it's how we perceive ourselves being in those environments. And, you know, if you change your mindset, I have a right to be here. I can contribute. I will. I can contribute. I can add value to this. So, it is hard. I found it exhausting. But the more I did it, the more I found my groove, I found my people. And undoubtedly, it's good for my business. Undoubtedly, it's good for my profile. So um, my biggest tip is find yourself a group that you feel confident in. Hang out with them. Help them introduce you to people. Um, I've got a group of four women who I founded Tech Diversity with and the networking I do with them has helped me just enormously be a better business person, but also a better person. So it's really valuable, but have your group that will protect you. You know, no. your two or three people that will protect you and introduce you around as it's, well. It's a, it's a bit of it like having a wing woman next to you mm -hmm. and, and uh, making sure that you when you're in groups that they actually say, hey, um, Nikki, come here. I actually want to introduce yes. you to someone and really doing a really good introduction and making sure that it's not just, oh, this is Nikki and then for, you know, really prop up the introduction to make sure there's something that they can pick up and talk about because there's nothing worse. You know, I often find people, yes. I introduce myself and I've got a robotics company and it just stops there because they don't want to, you know, I think they don't want to say just what, what is that? What do you do? Yeah. Because, you know, we sound like idiots. So I don't like, what do you do? Like, I feel nothing. <laughs> I mean, just, just unpack this for me. So I get like a understanding, but for most people, you know, they just, oh, you know, so you have yeah. to give them something. You have to make it easy for them to, to pick up the thread and go, oh, oh, I know, I know, yeah. about your, you know, what sort of work you do. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, you make me, I always think, 
of the Bridget Jones movie, the first movie when she was interviewing, introducing people. And she said that. So you're like, Mark, this is such and such and they do this and this is such and such and they do this. It always well, makes me think of that um, movie. You, you really actually just have to, you know, I think because we think in our minds, you know, no one can know what mm. you're thinking, you know, and I think I, everyone knows the amounts of people that do not know what I do and they go, oh, my exactly. goodness. And I'm going, surely you should know about it. No, why no, should we, we know assume, about it? Yeah, we assume like, people know what we do. So, yeah, you're right. You've always got to draw the connections. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about the Tech Diversity Foundation. Um, how did this mm. start? And um, talk to us about the award, awards night that you've got as well. Yeah, so thank you. As I said, it, um, all I heard, I joined the the industry association called the Australian Industry Involvement Association. Sorry. The Australian Information Industry Association, the AAA, it's a mouthful. Oh, no. <laughs> and the AAA, it's a national industry association representing technology businesses. It's, it's constant. We don't have the skills. We don't have the capacity. I joined in 2011, 2022. We're still saying the same thing. We don't have the depth of capacity in Australia. We don't have the engineers or the technologists, developers um, to really build a sustainable market, particularly given that technology underpins so many sectors. Like it's every year, COVID proved its importance, even if we didn't know it then. Um, so we need to build sustainability. And someone actually told me once, well, isn't this a first world problem? And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I looked at the stats and it is more of a problem in Australia than, for example, where we've got 23% of females in technology. Um, in India, we've got 35 to 40% of females in technology and that's growing over the last 10 years. And, and I just kept thinking to myself, why don't we have enough people and the depth and I saw two issues. The first one is we don't have the diversity in our tech sector. So if our tech sector is still largely grown by white men, it's, it's, it's going to have a natural stopping point. Uh, and then the other thing is I find I'm bemused that younger people are still not selecting technology in year 11 and 12 or in university. So it just makes me think there's something about the sector that's not gelling. And, and, and there's also this whole diversity piece. So that's why I started Tech Diversity. Um, there was another lady, Susie Johnson. She and I were talking about it from a diversity angle. And we then partnered with a group called Vic ICT for Women. That's a, um, a group that and um, supports and networks women in technology. And we'd started Tech Diversity as a way of building out diversity in the sector to then build out the skills and the capacity. And we thought, well, you know what? We've got to encourage people to understand what we do in technology roles in business. So why don't we have an awards program? And the whole reason for the awards program is if we can share the stories of business or schools or university or government that have done really cool things to attract people into their organisations through diversity, 
if we can share their stories, then that might inspire others to do the same thing. And that might inspire others to do the same thing. So, you know, you get this rolling effect of drawing people into the sector through these great diversity stories. Mm. So that's that's why we started Tech Diversity and that's why we started the awards. It was to focus on diversity, to grow skills through diversity and to have an awards program to share stories and inspires others to copy. So, you know, continuing to grow through diversity and inclusion. So you've got quite a few representations that contribute to the foundation. Um, who are they and, and how do they um, contribute? Uh, so we've got some industry associations. One of the biggest supporters we've got is Australian Computer Society. They've been with us from the beginning and they support the organisation through sponsorship, um, through the brain power. Someone from the Australian Computer Society is on our, our committee. Um, they help promote the awards, help promote what we do. They're an amazing association. They've supported us so much. We have Vic ICT for Women that I spoke about. They've been an incredible supporter, again, through promotion of what we do and the awards. The awards is really important. If we get more nominations, we get more stories, we grow in prominence. So the awards are really important. We've got... Um, companies that have sponsored us and they're our foundation partners from day dot like Avenard Australia, Clicks IT Recruitment, REA, the real estate group. So we've got some really strong corporate supporters. And then we've got smaller industry associations like Australian Women in Security and, and the AAA. So they all contribute in different ways. The best way for me is the promotion and the support as well as the funding. And Nikki, I should also mention the Victorian government. Since we started this in 2015, the Victorian government has been behind us in sponsoring and promotion. That's fantastic. Um, will you send me a link that I can include for into the show notes? And um, I'm, I think it's been had this year or it's coming up? Yes, our awards program was in May this yep. year. So we are going to release the next round of nominations probably in the next few months. Great. Look, we'll put the link in for our audience so that they can keep an eye out for that. Great. You have a focus of strengthening frameworks to increase the participation of women um, and minority groups in the digital technology industry. Can you give us some examples of where you've done this? Yeah, so one of the great examples, and I'm happy to send you a link for this too, Nikki, is called Go Girl for Go, Go Girl, Go for IT. It's predominantly put out by Vic ICT for Women. And it markets the tech sector to young women over a two-day program. So we haven't done it since COVID. We did it in 2019. And the next program's about to start in the next month. In 2019, we had 1,700 girls from 70 primary and secondary schools across Victoria. And they come for this two-day program held at Deakin University where there were technology businesses and education institutions. And it was all about promoting the tech sector, promoting technology jobs. This is what technology is. So it's getting these girls to think of technology in a different way um, and then building the pipeline of uh, girls 
that want to study technology and move in to um, tech roles. So that's one example of, of a program that tech diversity has been really focused on in increasing the participation of women in the tech sector. Um, I have to say, Nikki, the education sector is just huge in driving diversity. Um, one of the things that interested me about you is the robotics. I mean, we're seeing so many great robotics and coding programs that are getting into schools and it's showing children how technology is used and how it's relevant. And again, getting girls involved um, and tech diversity is more than just gender diversity, but for me, gender diversity is just, is absolutely critical because we cannot shift the dial. Um, but we do other things. So Tech Diversity has done some great programs in getting new migrants into technology through um, entrepreneurship challenges, helping them just, you know, bridge the gap of language and choosing a legal structure for their business and um, understanding the viability of their ideas and their innovations. So providing some support for new, new migrants to set up businesses in technology. Um, there's so many different programs, programs around supporting um, the LGBTI community to feel more comfortable in the tech sector um, through different programs, like promoting prominent LGBTI um, employees or staff in different country in different companies, for example. So there's a lot of a lot of different ways of building that inclusion. You know what, Deirdre, it sounds to me just like an absolutely full-time job. Like, I don't know how you're managing to do all of this and run VR consulting. So all I can say is I'm talking to a super woman here. Um, look, I've got a very good group of people that do all the legwork, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to all of you. The legwork is out there. We acknowledge it because without you, it couldn't get done. You know, I, I um, completely agree with everything you're saying and um, I'm actually going to be talking at a school on Thursday um, and, and my message out to these students is, um, look, to, to boys and girls, but particularly girls, yeah. don't limit yourself in your, in your subject matters that you're choosing. Maths may be a little bit sticky, but no one wants you to, well, if you can get a distinction, go for it, mm. but you just need to pass it. Keep some doors open in the option of what subjects you're choosing. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know girls tend to go where their friends going. And if their friends are going that way, they exclude other things. But really, think you need to think carefully about the world you're going into. And it is really tech-based. And yeah. there's more money in it. You've got more career options. Um, you can pivot. So if you decide the tech industry isn't for you, you can always go into humanities. But mm. it's not that easy flipping from humanities into tech. It's not that mm. simple. Mm. I couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, we hear a lot about jobs of the future. And it's not actually all about automating jobs. It's about augmenting jobs. It's a changing nature of jobs and more and more technology will underpin it. And my biggest fear is that, you know, it's the women and the minority groups that aren't in tech that will be left further behind. Yeah. And so from a social perspective, we've got to get more diversity into technology, but it's also what we need to build a strong tech sector. So, you know, there was this, uh, you probably recall this, this whole thing when they were first designing airbags, there weren't females involved in it. 
And so airbags were designed for the typical white male stature. And then when they were deployed, there were actually some fatalities of females or children because they weren't tested on a female dummy, a female stature. And I just use it as an example. We have to get females into technology. We have to get diversity because we're building products and services for the community. Of which 50% are female. Hello. Exactly. So we have to do it to build the right products and services, but we also need to do it because, you know, there are going to be groups that are left behind. And um, there are just so many reasons why, why this is important. So the newly formed Tech Council released a report in 2021. The tech sector is equivalent to Australia's third biggest industry, just behind mining and banking and employs a whopping 861,000 people across Australia. And we still have a severe shortage. So what do you think can and should be done to address this? So I think two things. We have to get into schools. We have to get children before they self-select out of technology at around 14 or 15 years old, we've got to get them to understand what jobs in technology are actually like. It's not just the geeky sitting in the basement. It's all the different things that you do, Nikki, and that I do from consulting to development to robotics to um, a range of different things. So I really do believe that we've just got to get into schools. We've got to get businesses into schools uh, building on the tech diversity theme I really believe that we've got to harness diversity in all its forms and I mean, we haven't spoken about um, Indigenous Australians um, people of colour multicultural there's all these the facet of people that we could just build into the community and, and, and build skills and then I think the third piece of the puzzle is media I just think the media's got um, a lot of responsibility in how it betrays our tech sector. Yeah, I actually think that um, you've touched on something like that's very important is companies such as myself um, actually getting out there and speaking to, to schools and I don't have a tech background yet, this is what I'm doing. I think the, the problem that most of um, small companies face is, you know, they're so busy hustling and bustling to make a living themselves somehow there must be some collaboration between, uh, you know, government supporting people that are doing these initiatives and going out there, um, you know, because it, it's, it's very time consuming. And of course, everyone wants to give back and be an example for other people, but it's just not an easy thing to do. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's, it's actually what's been happening now in Europe and in the UK. So for example, I know that there are businesses that are guest lecturers in UK universities on different technology topics as a way of getting the students to relate technology to real life applications. Um, There are businesses going into schools and, and yeah, businesses are busy, but if it was a coordinated approach with the uh, federal education department, for example, and built into the curriculum, then I think it could be done with minimal impact on the business sector, particularly when you think that these businesses will benefit downstream. So I I know, for example, 
there's a collaboration between Melbourne Uni, RMIT, Swinburne and La Trobe University and Monash, I think. It's called the Victorian Indigenous Engineering Winter School, where these universities collaborate to bring Indigenous young people to, to study technology for two weeks over winter. So I pity them coming to Melbourne. <laughs> but businesses come in and businesses are part of the program and businesses support it and they give businesses give the real world um, examples of how the these skills are applied and then downstream the businesses get the graduates when they finish school so it could be an impact to businesses up front but downstream I think it would help them in their hiring as well oh definitely there's there's always benefit for that it's just it is just an education process and again for people that are um i mean here's some interesting facts there are more software and application programmers in australia than plumbers hairdressers or secondary school teachers and 98 percent of firms are mostly small business or sole traders so just what i'm talking about you know how well are these companies supported and what's available for them if they need help yeah i think that's an amazing statistic i I think one way they're helped is through industry associations. I've spoken a lot about industry associations, the Australian Information Industry Association, the one that I belong to, that I think 83% of our members are actually small to medium enterprises. And that industry association, its whole focus is on providing networking support, programs, insights, policy support for small businesses. So one way to help those businesses is through industry associations because a lot of them have been set up to advocate for them. Um, the other way that I think is really useful are the different business hubs that are springing up everywhere because a lot of those business hubs do have small to medium enterprises in and around technology. And that's where the really cool innovations can occur with, with partnering and working with other people and other firms to grow ideas. Um, so I think, I mean, they're networking different forms, aren't they, Nikki? But I, I think they're two ways that we can support these smaller companies. We often hear that diversity and inclusion is the right thing to do. Tell us why. Yeah, so it's the right thing to do from a social perspective, but it's actually... A lot of statistics are coming out that companies that do diversity and inclusion in the right way are actually achieving a better bottom line. So you've got firms that are providing products and services to the community. So obviously the more that they can represent the community in their workplace, the better they are to design products and services for the community. Um, so they'll get a better bottom line. But it has to be done in the right way because you can have diversity agendas that can actually lead to discrimination of other groups. So we did, Tech Diversity did some work with a firm that was doing a lot of um, gender equality work, for example, and it ended up that there was a whole other group that felt marginalised, particularly people that didn't have children or that didn't need to have different types of leave or or your single white man who sort of felt a bit marginalised. And so those businesses can go backwards. So you've got to do diversity and inclusion in the right way to get those benefits. I think it's a very tricky um, thing to do. And I, I would, 
I would think companies embarking on, on this sort of um, advancement and, and development would need specialists coming in and helping them because, as you say, it's not, um, it's not at the cost of another um, group that's already existing, yeah. you know, yeah, because exactly. then people, people get very resentful. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want that because then, you know, from a social perspective, it's um, us against them, which is it's not what it's about at right. all. Um, but from a business perspective, it's not able to operate and focus on the end game, which is how do we better meet community needs with our products and services? So, yeah. Yeah. So advice for kids at school, whether you're boy or girl, um, you know, what do you in terms of these subjects, what should they be looking at? Well, I love what you say when you go to schools, it's about maths, you know, don't don't discount maths, don't discount different science subjects, um, join different clubs. I know that schools have got different coding clubs or chess clubs or different things that help them think differently. There are great programs like Code Like a Girl, which gets you out of school and networking with different groups. There's robotics programs. Understand what's available. Don't limit yourself and, and start building your networks when you're at the end of primary school and secondary school. I think that would be that would be amazing. Imagine if having those networks before you even get into the workplace. I couldn't agree with you more. And I like to equate kids with looking at themselves as, you know, they're their own little business. And we, we, you're not too young to start thinking of yourself as I'm the CEO yeah. of myself. And and everything, every skill or any skill that I learn. Uh, you get uh, confidence from competence and um, you couldn't ask for someone better that goes out into the world with like lots of different skills because doesn't matter mm -hmm. who you are you're confident because you just know listen I can go and learn whatever I need to because I can actually I can teach it or I can pick it up somewhere mm, I love that be your own be your own CEO you're in That's control it. of what you want to achieve I love that Nikki yeah, that's well. I, I sort of view that as the world. I'm I'm the CEO of myself, and you know, we we all our own little businesses. Yeah. If you want to look at it like that, so yeah. Any yeah, mm. I think the other thing you just made me think. I say to my children all the time, I created my business out of nothing. You know, Google was created out of nothing. Apple was created out of nothing. You've all you've got to start with is a really good idea and then that trust in yourself to just go and make it happen. And I think that's one of the best things about technology because if it wasn't for technology, I wouldn't have been able to start my business. If it wasn't things like LinkedIn and emails and, you know, all of those things. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, it's a creative spark so mm. that, that you wish everyone had because it's the creativity that pushes you forward. Yeah, and kids have got it. Definitely. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, well, I think that's a great one. It's about, you know, it's your risk appetite, but technology really gives you opportunities. If in, in 10 years, if, if we don't have the technology skills, we'll go backwards. So we do need to focus on it more. I do firmly believe that diversity is a key to us building out a really sustainable um, a sustainable industry that's got great um, productive outputs. I really do believe in the power of that diversity. And we've just got to get to the children. We've got to get them to understand what technology jobs really mean and, and how cool opportunities in the sector are. 
Definitely. And if we haven't mentioned it before to our audience, if, you, uh, if you're a startup or a small company needing help in the um, securing of government jobs, please reach out to Deirdre. Um, this is what she specializes in. And um, I'm sure she would love to help you. Thank you. Absolutely, I would. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Thank you, Nikki. That's a pleasure. We will put a, um, a link for your company where they can reach out to you as well. Deirdre, thank you so much for your time. It's really been lovely chatting with you. I look forward to seeing who the, um, the nominations and applications that come in for the next awards for next year. Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. Have a good day. And to you our too. audience, our audience uh, I hope you have a lovely day. Stay safe and warm or cold wherever you are in the world. And I look forward to your company next week. 